Good morning, Lydia House. It's November, and it looks more like an early fall, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel that way? I mean, it's in the 60s at least, so uh, it's wonderful to again be out in this, the most beautiful sanctuary in Twin Cities, I would guess. We're outside. God made it. It's lovely. He, did, he didn't actually make the deck part, but he made all this beauty. Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, say so. Let's just say, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Are you redeemed? Tell, I'm redeemed. And how did that happen? Because you were a good, you were better than anybody else? No, it happened because Jesus was better than anybody else. He was the perfect son of God. And so we worship the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit today. We come together, and that's a primary purpose for us today. I want to greet two new people. Actually, Ellison has been here once before. Welcome, Ellison. Wave at Ellison and say hi to her. I just found out she's Chad Espeseth's sister, and Chad did a lot of the flooring that you see inside the house. He's a young guy with a gift for doing flooring. And so thank you, Chad, and uh, welcome, Ellison, and Russ, who came today. You know how he came? Because he's been watching us on Zoom, and he saw us, and uh, he decided, I might as well be there in person. So welcome to you as well. <clears throat> and welcome back to Phil and Margaret. We're having a fun time these days. It's wonderful. They're caring for us in our need, and we're caring for them, so we care for one another. Are you warm enough over there? Okay, good. Father, we're grateful today. We're thankful. We want to tell you how thankful we are, that we belong to you, that our eternity is not at stake, not because we did something right. Well, we, what we did right was we, we claimed the inheritance in Christ Jesus. And thank you that that is never to be, uh, never to perish. It's imperishable. It's unfading and undefiled, reserved in heaven for us. That's something that reserved that nothing will tarnish or take away. And so we're grateful. That gives us peace today. It gives us peace for tomorrow, for this weekend gives us peace throughout our life that we belong to you and we will be forever. We intend to enjoy this morning as we worship and praise you, as we hear your word from Nate, and as we share and pray for one another. And so uh, the blessing of the Lord be on this day in Jesus' name. songs you will need one if you don't have one Naomi we need some up front here I want to say something about the opening hymn because I for years I have sung this without really seeing what the message is and maybe you have too it oh beautiful for spacious skies for amber waves of grain uh, I just want to read it with you here for purple mountain majesties above the fruit plains. So he's describing the beauty of America. And then he's asked God for grace to be upon it. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. 
God shed his grace and crown thy good with brotherhood. That's brotherhood mm -hmm. is relationship. It's loving one another. Crown the good things we do with connection with one another. Beautiful words. <clears throat> the pilgrims, what did they do? They made a thoroughfare for freedom across mm -hmm. the wilderness. They went, they went for it. Thank God for the pilgrims who went for it, who came over here. Some died on the ship on the way over. And they're realistic in this song. They're saying, mend thine every flaw. That's good, because we've got flaws as a country, don't we? Confirm your soul in self-control, I liberty and law. So there's a balance between liberty and law. And then he says, in liberating strife, okay, the heroes. Thank you, Phil. Uh. Thank you, those who have served our country well. For heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved. That's pretty wonderful that people love their country and they, they love mercy more than life. And so we ask God to, to refine us. What a great hymn. So let's sing it together. Do you want to stand as we sing it? I'll find out if you do. <laughs> oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of with me. Oh, beautiful, for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved, and mercy more than life. America, America, may God thy gold refine, till all success be nobleness, and every gain divine. Oh, beautiful, for that sees beyond the years Thine alabaster seas gleam Undimmed by human tears America, America God shed His grace on thee And crown thy good with brotherhood From the sea You can be seated for a minute. Thank you, Paul and Karen. Just a couple quick announcements. Hang on to your papers. They will blow away. Hang on to your small children. They will probably blow away because it's really, really windy out here. Praise God.
there's an email sign-up sheet somewhere if you're not getting emails from us uh, or let me know. And the offering box is on the back table there. Uh, please remember to keep your social distance out here. And we recommend masks even outside, but it's your choice. If you're cold or if it's just too windy for you, you can head inside. Uh, please stay distanced and definitely wear a mask if you do go inside. And after church, we're going to have Zoom fellowship. And as you know, we progress and are indoors most of the time, a lot of people may choose to worship from home uh, via the website or live stream or whichever method that they prefer. And we encourage you to do that. Do whatever it is that you feel is right for you and your family. Worshiping from home is part of what we're doing just as much as sitting out here on the patio or sitting inside in the building. Amen? So hi, worshipers. Hi, everybody at home. Hi, everybody uh, a year from now, catching up on what happened last year in infamous 2020. Um, and we're glad to have you with us. Thank you for being with us, whoever, wherever, and whenever you are. We will do a Zoom fellowship. We're kind of resuming that every week now afterwards. So when you are home, please check in to Zoom. The information is on the screen if you're watching the screen, or it's on the front of our website as well. And some people from here will check in, and other people who are home will check in. And it's a way we can still do fellowship and still be a part of a community, even when we're not physically in the same place. Amen? When we are meeting together, it's helpful to have a lot of help. We have a lot of help, so thank you for everybody who is helping. Some of the areas we could use a little more help are greeters, people to say hi and pass out name tags and that sort of thing, and people to help with the tech team. We got a lot of stuff going on with tech because we are live streaming now. And those folks are doing a lot of work. And uh, having a couple more volunteers and a little rotation in that schedule would be helpful for them. So think about that. And you know, as we are probably going to be staying home more often, a lot of us, um, over the next few months probably, let us know how we can better serve you as a church. You know, this is all still pretty new to us, the whole a lot of people aren't there on Sundays thing. And so let us know how we can serve you. If you have a need, if you want to talk, if you want prayer, whatever it is, please text me, email me, let me know what we can do. If you want a visit, if you want to meet up, let me know. Um, we're Again, we want to serve all the needs that everybody has within the community. It's just a little more challenging uh, when people aren't here, right? So we're going to figure that out. We appreciate your patience. And it would really help me out as your pastor if you let me know uh, what it is you need and how I can help you. Help me help you. <laughs> too cheesy? <laughs> but too cheesy by half. Okay. Good to know. Um, last announcement is we had an event yesterday. And I think Paul should share uh, for a second about the event yesterday. You want to run up here real quick? We met at Redeeming Love Church, and we had a very special time. As some of you know, a group of us pray together regularly every week, including Nate, Greg Berglund, uh, Jim Anderson, Fred Tony, known them all for many, many years. And so we teamed up together. We had an event, and Tim and Steve and Laura and Ruth were there. And uh, uh, would you get how many out of, out of ten? How many would you give it? Lu Luann, were you there too? I did. Okay, Luann. Yeah, of course you were, because I talked to you. Give it an eight. 
Okay. All okay. Please Good. send me your notes. Uh, I'd like to know how, how we can improve for next time. Next, we're going to do it again this coming Saturday. So please join us again, same time, same place. Uh, but yeah, this time I'll be speaking though. So what time? Uh, 9 a.m. till noon 30, and then probably some prayer time after that. So, but it, if you can't make it the whole time, you can come and go. It's free. So there's that. Right? Who doesn't? Drew Shep is preaching, and I'm not sure beyond that. Probably another youngin. And I appreciate Paul for giving the younger folks a chance to get up there. You know, when you when your revival team is made up of people in their 60s and 70s, it's unique and cool and godly for them to give the 30s and 40s year olds a chance to get up there and do stuff. And so we, we thank you for that, Paul. So we're going to go into a time of worship now. And so let, let's pray. Let's just close our eyes and prepare our hearts for worship. If there's anything weighing on your heart or on your mind, like elections, weather, viruses, whatever it is, let's just set those things under our chairs for the next hour. Let's unburden our hearts and our minds so that we can love him with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. And let's take a moment just to confess now if there's any sins that we haven't confessed before the Lord, things we've done, things we left undone. Let's take a minute silently just to confess those before the Lord and receive his forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and who died, who sacrificed himself for us so that we could be adopted into your family. We do not deserve that. And you came and died for us anyway. And so we receive it with both hands and we thank you. We thank you for welcoming us into your family. We thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for helping us get to know you better and grow in relationship with you. And I pray for everyone here this morning to experience the presence of God through worship, through the word, through everything that we do. May the presence of God be with you, on you, around you as we come into his presence. You know, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we get together and praise him, his presence is here in a special way, a unique kind of way. He inhabits that. He lives here. And so, Lord, we welcome you here. We welcome you here, Father God. We welcome you here, Jesus. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. We thank you that even though we don't deserve you, you continue to pour your love on us. There is no one greater. We thank you, God, that even in the midst of difficulty in our nation, we know that you are our king. Amen? Amen. Jesus is king of the United States. 
not any president. Jesus is king. You are king here of this Twin Cities. And so we lift up a banner to you this morning, Lord Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. And we bow our knee only to you. Thank you, Lord. So heaven is real and death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one. Hallelujah, holy, holy, God almighty, great I am, who is worthy.
the mountains shake before you The demons run and flee At the mention of your name King of majesty You're the king, Lord There is no power in hell Nor any who can stand Before the power and the presence of the great I am Great I am Great I am Welcome you here, Lord. Breathe on us, 
let your kingdom move on faith and hope our great God let the heavens open let your kingdom move all our faith and hope our great God let the heavens open let your kingdom move all our faith and hope, our great God, let your heavens open, let your kingdom move, all our faith and hope. All our faith is in you, God. Our great God, we trust not in anything else. Let the heavens open, trust only in you. Let your kingdom move, let your kingdom come. All our faith and hope, let your kingdom move among us. Sing out to the Lord from your heart. Whatever is on your heart, just let the Spirit overflow and bubble out from inside you. If you have the gift of tongues, go ahead and sing in tongues. Sing in English. Just let your heart overflow to the Lord. Open your mouth and let something come out. Yeah, please share. So this wind, and we think of the wind of the Spirit and what God can do and what he is doing. So thank you, Father. If you recall, the Hebrew word for spirit is the same word as wind. 
wind, breath, spirit. It, it's all the same word in Hebrew, ruach, with a at the end, ruach. And so when God created Adam and Eve, he breathed his breath, his spirit into that clay and it became Adam. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for creating us and we pray that you would breathe into us again even this morning. Thank you, Lord. Wasteland 
like the Lord is telling us to make a stand against disappointment today. So I'd like everybody to stand up. Close your eyes and I want you to give voice to your disappointment. I want you to just Speak it out loud. Nobody around you is listening. And I want you to speak out your disappointments. Lord, why haven't you healed me yet? I've been praying for years and years. Why haven't you healed me? Lord, why are you waiting so long to bring us revival? Give voice to your disappointments, whatever they are. I want you to speak them out. Don't hold them in. Let them out. Don't pretend they're not there. Speak out your disappointments before the Lord right now. Pour them out like David poured out his disappointment in the Psalms so many times. He poured it out before the Lord. I want you to speak your disappointment from your mouth. Get it out of your heart and put it at the foot of the cross. Lord, why aren't we seeing the miracles that you promised we would see in scripture? Why don't we see them, Lord? I wanna see them. Pour out your disappointment at the foot of the cross right now. Empty yourself out. And then we don't stay in our disappointment. We step beyond it. And we leave it there. So Lord, we cast all our disappointments at the foot of the cross. In Jesus' name. And we leave them there. We let them go. And we press on into our promised land. You can't carry your disappointments into your promised land. The burden's too heavy. Maybe the reason you haven't crossed over is because you're hanging on to too much. 
You're hanging on to disappointment. You're hanging on to unforgiveness. Let go. Step in by faith. The Israelites stepped into the promised land by faith. So this morning, Father, we step in to our promised land by faith. Lord's been showing me lately that there's power in the spoken word and we need to we need to speak to the enemy we need to speak to the Lord and, and just trying to do it in our minds is is not as powerful there may be something to it but it's not as powerful as a spoken word that's what the Lord's been showing me children and your remnant there is nothing lord god that you don't put in our lives that hasn't gone past your throne even when you spoke before herod said no power has been given to you except it has been given to you from on high and so lord we just praise you and we thank you we just speak to you enemy that we know that under our foot it says in genesis that you we will trample you that the enemy he will bruise our heel but we step on you in jesus name and we say that we are victorious over you because of jesus amen Sing out, oh broken man, stretch out your hands, believe this is your promised land. Break out of disappointment, break out of hopelessness, stretch out your hands, believe this is your promised land. Sing out, oh barren woman, sing out, oh Stretch out your hands, believing this is your promised land. Break out of disappointment, break out of hopelessness. Stretch out your hands, believing this is your promise. Sing out, sing out, oh barren woman. Sing out, oh broken man. Stretch out your hands, believing. This is your promised land. Break out of disappointment. Break out of hopelessness. Stretch out your hands, believing. This is your promised We step in by faith this morning, Lord. We step in by faith to our promised land. We let go of our past. We let go of our sin. We let go of our failures. We let go of our disappointments. And we choose not to see the world around us only with our natural eyes, but to see it through your eyes, through the Spirit of God. And so we believe that even when it looks like a wasteland around us, 
that we are entering the promised land by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else have a word from the Lord for us this morning? So I, I've been feeling this for the last few days that God really wanted to speak to your disappointments. And so whether you're watching, whether you're here, <coughs> I feel like we have things that have happened in our life or not happened in our life. And they've caused disappointment, heartache, sorrow. Sometimes we've let it get to the point of bitterness or anger. And the Lord is saying, you have to let go of all that stuff or you can't enter into your promised land. We know what happened to all the Israelites in the wilderness, in their wasteland. They all died because they couldn't let go of the past. So Lord, I pray that you'd help us today, help us throughout this week to let go. Let go of disappointment, let go of hopes, dreams that happened or didn't happen. That we would surrender ourselves anew to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And could I have Bella and Andrew come up? Um, Andrew, go grab that microphone that's on that little flag there. And you're going to help. You can speak into your own microphone if you want. Can you can share Andrew's mic, okay? So, first off, since she wasn't here, I'd like to sing happy birthday to Bella, who is now seven years old on October 23rd. So let's sing to Bella. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bella. Happy birthday to you. I'm going to be on this one now, Tim. I'm switching to lapel. Um, so, tell me what happened the morning of your birthday, Bella. Do you remember? Yeah. You can, yeah, go ahead and say it into that mic there. Um, before school, I um, didn't feel well. So, um, we... Mommy had a good idea, didn't she? Yeah. What was that idea? I forgot. That Andrew and Kaylee would? Pray for me. Would pray for you. That's right. So, so Andrew, what did you do? Um, uh, I, like, spoke to the pain and told it to leave her. Um, good. And Kaylee, what did you do? 
also prayed that um, the pain would go. And, um, and what happened? And what happened? Not right away, but a little bit later. What happened a little bit later, Bella? I felt better. You felt better. That's right. So they are learning to practice what we learn. And guess what? Kids can do that. There's nothing that we do in church as adults that kids can't do. And I grew up in a great church, and I'm very thankful for the church I grew up in. However, one of the things that they didn't do is they didn't really encourage or even let kids do ministry. And I want Lydia House to be different than that. Jesus said, let the little children come. Don't turn them away. Don't hinder them. So I really believe that anything we can do, kids can do. If we can pray for healing and if we're meant to speak to healing and command it to stop like we see in the Bible, then so are they. Amen? Amen. So we're going to do that today. But first, I'm going to do a little children's sermon. And you can just sit in your spots, actually, and I'll just walk over to you after I pick up my wind-blown... Oh, okay. Switch the pack. All right. Technical matters, right? This wind is, is wonderful, but it's a little windy. Okay, so kids, today we're going to be talking about the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11. And in that, his disciples, who had been watching him for a long time, and they're like, Jesus, you're kind of awesome. And it seems to us that you pray a lot. And I feel like maybe that's a good thing. So teach us how to pray. And so Jesus, in Luke 11, and adults feel free to open up to Luke chapter 11. That's where we're going as well. So open up your Bibles, turn on your Bibles, lose your sermons. Andrew, can you grab that for me? Thank you. And we're going to talk about Luke 11. So they say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And so what he does is Jesus gives this really great sermon. No real surprise there, Jesus giving a great sermon, right? And it's a three-part sermon. The first part is a prayer, an example of how to pray. And then the next part is a parable, right? You know what parables are. They're stories that have deeper meaning. And then he gives an analogy uh, from everyday life so that we can sort of understand what it is he's talking about. And I want to talk right now with you mostly about the parable part. So I'm going to read it to you if my Bible won't blow away. This is uh, Luke 11, starting with verse 5. Okay, now listen to this. And he said to them, this Jesus said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he, the friend, will answer from inside the house, Don't bother me. The door is shut. My children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. That's not a good response, right, from the friend? Uh-oh. 
The friend says, no, I can't give you bread. And then verse 8, I tell you, though the friend will not give, get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, the guy keeps knocking and yelling and knocking and yelling, because of that, he will rise up and give him whatever he needs. So Jesus is saying that if we are persistent in prayer, we will get what we need. We will get what we ask for, even if the Lord were reluctant. Now, God is not reluctant to give things. This whole passage is about the fact that our father is a good father who loves giving good gifts to his kids. But it feels to us sometimes like God doesn't. It feels to us like he's reluctant, like he, I don't really want to answer your prayers. Nah. Not today, I'm not going to answer your prayers. But actually God does. And so what Jesus is saying is even if that were true, even if God were reluctant, even if he wasn't a good father, even if he didn't want to give you stuff, if you pester him enough, if you annoy him enough, if you keep asking and keep asking and keep asking, he'll be like, fine, here. And that's what Jesus is saying. So persistence, meaning we keep praying, we keep doing it, is what Jesus wants us to do. And I want you to think about the bread now. So he needed bread. He didn't ask, right? So the friend in the house, he's like God, okay? Jesus is saying he's God the Father. And we are the ones who need bread because we just had a friend show up. How many of us need sometimes to help our friends? Do you ever need to help your friends? Are your friends ever maybe sad or upset or sick or discouraged? And you're like, wow, I wish I had something to help them. I wish I had something to give them. And so what the friend does is he goes to his neighbor, his friend, and he says, give me some bread so that I can have some bread to give to them. And so Jesus is saying, hey, if your friend, your person at school, your neighbor, your sister or brother or dad needs something from God, you can go to God and get bread, which is the Holy Spirit in this case, and you can bring it to them. And it doesn't say, ask God to please send them bread. It's no, give me bread to bring to them. And so your job, one of your jobs in this world is as a bread delivery person. Sweet? Yeah, that sounds good. Bread delivery person. Do you want to be a bread delivery person? And bread is the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God. He's called you to be a bread delivery person. So this morning, we're going to have you three, since you're the kids here. That's more showed up. Nope, not yet. We're going to have you three deliver some bread, some of the Holy Spirit, specifically healing. Since you guys gave that great testimony about praying for your sister and having her healed, we're going to see. Does anybody here need physical healing this morning? Raise your hands. Or actually stand up. If you need physical healing, stand up. I do. I don't mind them praying for me. But if anybody else does, you can stand up too. Auntie Karen. Great. Andrew, why don't you go stand sort of by Auntie Karen. And girls, why don't you come up here and you can pray for me. And you are going to deliver bread. You are going to deliver the Holy Spirit, specifically healing in this case, to the people. So remember, we learned um, how to pray in this way. We just speak to that, and we command it to stop in Jesus' name. So you can ask. This is training time, so you guys pay attention to okay? uh, We ask, Go ahead and ask, you know, what are we praying for, and then speak to that. So girls, go ahead and ask me why we're praying. Okay. Okay. Uh, this morning, let's pray for my back. My back and my neck hurt. So can we pray for that? So go ahead and speak to that back pain and just command it to stop. 
In Jesus' name. Go ahead. Good. And why don't you also add, uh, command my spine to straighten up and be the way it's supposed to be. So it's messed up. Amen. Thank you, girls. Thank you for the bread. Way to deliver bread. You can go sit down. Did a great job. Andrew, you did a great job too. Let's clap for these kids. These junior bread delivery people. And although they may be junior in terms of size, they are just as valid, valuable, and important as us larger folks. Some of us are larger than others. Some of us are trying to get a little smaller right now, actually. All this talk of bread. I'm on keto right now, trying to lose some weight. So all this, I'm like, I have to preach on bread. Oh, man. I miss bread so much. Bread. Holy Spirit pizza. <laughs> so uh, Luke 11, go ahead and turn there. I'm going to read this uh, one more time. The whole thing through, actually, starting with verse 1. Luke 11, and please follow along and keep your eyes open for bread. Verse 1, Luke 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. That's John the Baptist he's referring to. And he said to them, and he gives them this great example, when you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And then he goes on to the parable. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has, got, uh, has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, yet because of the man's impudence, he will rise up and give him whatever he asks. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will, to him it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? And in the Luke version, yeah, you want those things. In the Luke version of this passage, it said, which of you who asks, whose son asks for bread will give him a stone? And then verse 13, if you then who are evil, nice, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this is one of my favorite sermons by Jesus, and I think you're going to see why in a minute. So we already talked about it in the children's sermon and pointed it out. So bread is a big theme here, right? It's a, basically a three-part sermon. 
He talks about bread in the first part. He talks about bread in the second part. And he talks about food in the third part. And like I said, in the Luke version of this, he literally talks about bread specifically. So bread, bread, bread. What is bread? Well, we're, we're going to go a little deeper into what bread means. Usually in parables and things like this, um, the words have specific meaning. And we're going to look at that. But right now we're going to cheat because we read the end of the passage. We read the point of the sermon, right? Which is, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So this whole thing, the whole point of this whole sermon, one of the best sermons ever, the entire point is this. Ask God for what you need. He is a good father. He loves you, and he will give good gifts to his kids. But the number one thing you should ask for, the number one thing we need to ask for all the time is what? More of the Holy Spirit. More of that bread. More of God himself. So he's saying, go ahead and ask for food. Go ahead and ask for whatever you need. Ask for healing. Ask for whatever you need. But definitely also ask for more of me because I am what you really need. More of the Holy Spirit. So that's what um, the bread means. Now, if you look at this um, analogy, it's very or the uh, parable, it's very interesting because God casts himself in the role of the antagonist, right? It's a very unflattering role for Jesus to cast God the Father in. He's the jerk neighbor who won't give bread. That's a weird role. Hey, all holy and wonderful and good God, I'd like you to play the part of the jerk who is reluctant to give out bread. It's strange. God has really good self-esteem. He doesn't mind playing the role of the bad guy here, okay? And the point, as I said to the kids, the point is that Jesus is like, look, God is a good father. He will give good gifts to, the, to his children. It says, how much more? So if you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the father give? So he is a giver. He's not reluctant at all. But we sometimes see him that way. Because why? We pray and it doesn't happen. Right? We pray, God, heal. And the person doesn't get healed. We pray for a miracle. It doesn't happen. We pray for finances, and it doesn't happen. Sometimes when we pray, we don't see a result right away like we want to. And especially these days in America, man, do we want that right away. If Amazon can get me anything I want in two hours, God's got to be faster than that. Right? So we are very impatient. We pray once, twice. If we have a ton of faith, we might pray three times. And then we give up, assuming God doesn't want us to have it. Anybody? Anybody ever done that? Prayed two or three times and then given up, assuming God doesn't want us to have it, which is not the way Jesus teaches us to pray ever. Every time Jesus teaches us to pray, he talks about what? Persistence. We pray and keep praying. You pray and keep praying. You pray and keep praying. And even here in Luke 11, the great Bible verse that we all know, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Those are um, verbs that mean ask and keep asking. Seek and keep knock and keep knocking is what it means. So even in the way the, the words are constructed here by Jesus, it, it's, it talks about persistence. We keep doing it. We keep doing it. And so despite the fact that God is a generous giver and he's happy to give, Jesus casts him in the role of this reluctant giver 
because that's sometimes how we see God. We see him as reluctant. And Jesus is saying, okay, okay, look, that's not true. But even if it were, even if it were true, even if God was reluctant to give, if you just keep asking, he's going to give it to you eventually anyway out of annoyance. Isn't that funny? I, I like this parable because the whole thing is sarcastic. The entire parable is sarcastic. Fine, let's pretend God's a jerk, if that's what you really think. Even if he were, if you keep banging on that door and asking for bread, he's eventually going to get so annoyed, he's going to get out of bed and give it to you. So even if God were reluctant, which he's not, if you're persistent and impudent, it says, and we're not going to get into that word, but impudent means like shameless abandon. Like the guy's yelling in the middle of the night at his neighbor's house. That's borderline and then past the borderline of inappropriate. And that's how this guy prays. And Jesus says, when you pray like that, you get what you want. Interesting, right? That's a whole other sermon that we'll save. But persistence in prayer, even if God were a jerk, would mean you get your prayer answered. So don't stop praying. Some of you, there are things that you've prayed for for years, decades. Maybe you stopped praying for them because it didn't seem like God was going to do it. Don't stop. Ask the Holy Spirit, is there something I've stopped praying for that I shouldn't have stopped praying for and I should pick it back up again? Persistence in prayer leads to getting what it is that you're praying for. And of course, the thing we want to pray for the most is what? Bread. Bread, the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look at bread a little bit. Sometimes these parables and things are a little hard to understand because we are not first century Jews. I don't think. Anybody here a first century Jew? John? No, not a. You're not. Karen's the closest to a first century Jew, maybe, but um, so so we have to put a, that was a compliment. It was meant to be a compliment. Um, so sometimes we need to put ourselves in the mindset of the audience, right? And so when first century Jews, close your, close your eyes, everybody close your eyes. You are a first century Jew. You're wearing sandals. The road is covered in sand and dust. It's very hot. The only Bible you have is the Old Testament. Torah. The only Bible you have is the Old Testament. Okay, now open your eyes. Now Jesus gives you a teaching about how to pray, and at each point he talks about bread. Now if you're a first century Jew, what do you think of automatically in your head when you read bread? Manna. Ding, 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 five stars, bonus points for Byron and Andrew. You're pretty close there on your, on your quick answers. Manna, manna from heaven. Everybody remembered that? Now, how often did manna come? Daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Hmm. In case they didn't get it just by the word bread, he flat out spells it out here. Give us this day our daily bread. Manna from heaven. One of the primary metaphors in the Old Testament about God. Now, do you remember what man is teaching them? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. God says, the reason I fed you with manna and I did it the way I did it is because... This is a tougher one. Anybody know? 
so that we could learn to be reliant on God. That's, that's basically right. What it literally says is, so that you can learn that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So in other words, just as bread feeds you physically, so the word of God feeds you spiritually. And just like you eat bread every day to sustain you, that's why he did it every day. He could have just done it weekly. That would have been way easier, right? No, he did it every day and he made them do it every day, year after year. Why? To drill it into their heads that just like you need bread every day to sustain you physically, so you need me every day to sustain you spiritually, and specifically the word of God. Now, this was before the Bible was written. Not a, not a single word of the Bible was written at this point when God said this. So it's not saying read your Bible every day and you'll be sustained. I encourage you to read your Bible every day, okay? I'm not anti-Bible. I, I, I love the Bible. But that's not what it's saying. It's saying that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that literally it says, every word that falls from the lips of God. That's what it says. So we are sustained by God speaking to us now. It's coming out of his mouth now. And that sustains us. Now fast forward a little bit and we get our second big metaphor of bread, which is based on manna actually. Does anybody know another big usage of bread? It has something to do with the tabernacle. Anybody? Anybody? Showbread. Showbread. Or shoebread. S-H-E-W. Literally means the bread of the presence. The bread of the presence. Who's present? God's presence, obviously. Now, uh, if, you, if you don't recall, in the tabernacle, and later the temple, of course, in the tabernacle, there was a golden altar in the holy place. And on that altar, every day was set a fresh loaf of bread. Every day, fresh bread. Again, you see the daily bread theme right? Similar to manna. And every day, the bread of the presence was set on the altar in the holy place. The bread of the presence. I love that because that, to me, is exactly what bread is in Luke 11. Bread is the presence of God. Bread is the Holy Spirit, the word of God. Healing, miracle, a prophetic word. All of those things are part of the presence of God, amen? And so when Jesus is talking about bread in Luke 11, he's talking, think of it as the bread of the presence, my presence, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. And if you know how to good, give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the heavenly father give of himself to you when you ask, give of his presence to you when you ask, and not just for you? And this is the big reveal in this passage. The bread isn't just for you anymore. In the Old Testament, the bread was for each person to sustain their life for that day, right? Daily bread. But now in the new covenant, everything is changing. And God is saying, it's no longer everybody, every man for themselves. Now, my spirit is going to dwell in you, and you are going to be my hands and feet, and you are going to be bread delivery people. This is a change. A paradigm shift. Look at the, look at the um, parable again. So the guy's got a friend who needs bread. Bread is God. So you have a friend. You have a coworker. You have a neighbor. You have a spouse, a kid, something, who needs something from God. They just need a touch from the Lord. Maybe they're weary. Maybe, maybe they're tired. Maybe they're discouraged. Maybe they need healing. 
Maybe they need a prophetic word. Maybe they just need more of the presence of God in their life. How do we do that? How do we help see that their need is met? What most of us do is we pray for that person and say, God, give them bread. Right? That's what we do. God, give them bread. Give them what they need. Give them more of yourself. Give them a word. Give them a healing. Whatever it is, God, give them bread. I am not saying that that is a bad thing to pray. Intercession is good. That's a fine thing to pray, but that's the opposite of what Jesus is saying here. What Jesus is saying here is, we go to God and get bread, and we bring it to them. You see the difference? One, we are standing, this is just going to blow, and that's just the way it is. In one case, we are standing here saying, God, give them some bread. God, give them some bread. And Jesus is like, that's fine and all, but I'm changing the, the rules. I'm changing the dynamic. You are now involved. Changing the game. Here's what you do now. You say, God, give me bread, yes, for myself, but also extra. And then you deliver it to the person. Do you see the difference? God, I'm going to stay over here all by myself. You pray, you bless him. Not anymore. The way it's going to work in the New Testament is, God, give me the blessing, and I will bless him with what you gave me. Do you see the difference? This is a massive paradigm shift. This is, this is part of why I love this passage so much, okay? This is a massive paradigm shift. Now, I think the disciples got this right away, because right before this, like a week at the most before this, we saw the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Remember that story? It's in Luke chapter 9. All these people follow Jesus out to the wilderness because they're, they're desperate and they hear from him and he has the words of life. And, and so they're like, this is so awesome. Well, time rolls on as charismatic conferences tend to and it's super, it's super late and people are hungry and the disciples start to get concerned. They're like, God, this is going to be bad. Like, Jesus, this is going to be bad. We need, to, we need to feed these folks. And they ask him, like, what are you going to do about it? Jesus, what are you going to do? And what does Jesus say? Do you remember? He says, you give them something to eat. When there's people in our life who need something from God, God's answer to us is you give them something to eat. God's answer is not, I will give them something to eat because I'm God. His answer is, I've already given you the ability to feed them. So you give them something to eat. Everybody with me? This is a mental shift here, okay? Just, just a minute, John. Now, what happens in that story then is they, they find five loaves, two fishes. Jesus takes them. They go to Jesus to get the bread. Jesus hands them the bread. Now, there's 5,000 people, and they're probably counting men. That's the way they used to do it back then because it was, you know, sexist and stuff. Uh, it could have been 20,000 people. If there were 5,000 men, there's probably families and stuff. So either way, we're talking about a ton of people. Did Jesus hand them 5,000 loaves of bread? No, he did not. He handed them five loaves and two fish. Broke them up. Here's some bread and some fish for everybody. And then the disciples went out and they gave them something to eat. Because that's what Jesus had commanded. You give them something to eat. And they're like, I don't know how. And he's like, I'll show you how. You get it from me, and then you bring it to them. And as they delivered the bread, that is where the miracle happened. 
The miracle didn't happen when Jesus prayed for it. The miracle happened when they obeyed, when they became bread delivery people, when they obeyed his word that said, you give them something to eat. Once they did that, once they stepped out and said, here's some bread, here's some bread, here's some bread. Where, why isn't this bread running out? Here's some bread, here's some bread. This basket. What's, what's going on with this basket? The miracle happened when they obeyed Jesus, who said, you give them something to eat. Some of us are missing our miracles because we are not going out to give out the bread. We're asking God to do something that he's already done. The miracle happened when they obeyed Jesus and they gave the people something to eat. Now, what they gave them to eat was still from God. The bread is still from God no matter what. The miracle is from God. I'm not saying you're superheroes who can do miracles. But I am saying miracles will never happen unless you do them. Because God has given you that authority. That's your job. You're a bread delivery person. You deliver the presence of God to other people. If people around you aren't experiencing the presence of God, it might be because you're not giving it to them. Is that too ouch for you? Okay. I know this is a paradigm shift. We love to pray for people. We're used to praying for people. Let's pray for Margaret right now, who's having a seizure or a stroke or something. We speak to that nervous system in Jesus' name, and we command it to work appropriately, exactly how it's supposed to. We speak healing, we speak peace, and we speak rest into her body. We command that blood to flow properly to her brain. We pray against any clotting in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We command her to be healed in Jesus' name. We speak life into Margaret. We rebuke a spirit of death. We rebuke any stroke in Jesus' name. We speak life into her, that your life and your lifeblood would flow through her exactly as it is supposed to right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. She looks a little better. little glassy-eyed. Lord, we speak to that brain and we command it to be healed and to be whole. We command the oxygen to flow properly to her brain in Jesus' name for her to revive with your life, Jesus. Do you want us to make a call? Yeah, why don't you just carry the whole chair? One second. Yeah, are we going in the basement?
Uh, it, I don't know how to open it. So that was an unexpected example of praying for people. So Father, we ask you to just continue to heal Margaret. We speak to that nervous system, cardiovascular system, every part that's failing a little bit, that you would bless that, that you would bring that back. We pray for that blood to flow and bless her mind and her brain in Jesus' name. We pray life into her. We speak life into her. We rebuke a spirit of death or of stroke or of anything like that or seizure. Speak life into her in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's real life stuff, right? And that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage. He's saying, look, when we go out into the world, there's stuff that happens. There's life. People need a touch from God. They need healing. They need a prophetic word. They need a blessing. And whose job is it to give those things to those people? It's our job. We're the bread delivery people. So the man goes to his friend, God the Father, and he says, give me the bread so I can bring it to him. Give me the bread so I can bring it to him. Not give them bread. Give me the bread and I will bring it to him. That's the paradigm shift here. And that's what happened in the miracle of the 5,000, feeding the 5,000. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. They took the bread from God and they brought it to the people. And that's where the miracle happened. And so if we want to see more miracles, if we want to see more of God's presence in people's lives, we need to bring it to them and give it to them. So we ask the Lord for extra bread. Instead of just eating the bread, eating the presence of God, enjoying God for ourselves, we ask for a little extra so that we can give it away. And here's, I'm, I'm going to tip my hand here. My goal is that eventually, and this might take months for us, but my goal is that eventually every single person we come in contact with in a given day, we give them something from the Lord. Every person you talk to, everyone you talk to on the phone, everyone you see at work, other kids at school, everybody we interact with, we give them something from God. Maybe it's an encouraging word. Maybe it's a compliment. Maybe it's a tiny testimony of something that God did in your life. Maybe they need a prophetic word. Maybe they need a blessing. Maybe they need some sort of healing that we can deliver the bread we're supposed to deliver. I think a lot of us are carrying around a bag of bread that we've never delivered. That God gave us something for somebody else and we haven't done it yet. We haven't delivered it yet. Is there something to think about, something to ask God about? Is there something God has given us that we need to deliver to somebody else? So I encourage you to ask the Lord every day. I'm trying to get in the habit of this. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to get there. 
every day asking God, God, who do you want me to minister to today? Who do you want me to bless with your presence today? Who do you want me to give bread to today? And then we do it. And it's sometimes a little difficult because it's a tiny bit scary to bless somebody or to say, I'm going to pray for you or whatever it is. But by the way, most people actually like that. Most people enjoy that. And this, by the way, what we're talking about here, this is revival. Sometimes we think of revival as a place where the bread is particularly good. We go to a service and, oh, I felt the presence of God so strong and everything was so amazing and it was so wonderful. It's like the difference between bread from cub and bread from great harvest. Ever had great harvest? Like I said, I really want bread right now. Um, it's way better. It's not even comparable. And sometimes we think of revival as a place where the bread's really awesome. And that's okay. It's okay to have the bread really awesome. It's okay to enjoy revival settings and all the feels and all the nice stuff. That's not bad. We need bread every day, right? But the point of revival is that God gives us bread and we bring it to other people. That's the point. And revival doesn't happen until we deliver it. The miracle doesn't happen until we obey. The miracle doesn't happen until we give them something to eat. That's what we see in Luke 9. That's what we see in Luke 11. So I'd like to encourage us to change our mindset a little bit from just praying for people to God, what do you want me to do for this person? When I first got this, which was only a few years ago, when this kind of first hit me in a revelatory way, I was like, wow, we really need to be praying for each other way more than we are, don't we? It's very American to think we get everything directly from God. But I think the scripture is really clear. We get a lot directly from God, but the rest comes from each other. Because the you give them something to eat, we see this over and over and over again. We're supposed to help each other, bless each other, carry each other's burdens, feed each other, give each other what they need out of the presence of God. There are people in this, I was going to say room, there are people on this patio right now that probably have something that you need from God. And you're like, well, God, can't you just give it to me? And God's like, I already gave it. Byron's got it. Go get it from Byron. God doesn't like it when we ask him to do things he's already done. If I tell one of my, if one of my kids says, I need a glass of water, and I, said, and I say, great, go get a glass of water. And then two minutes later, oh, I'm so thirsty, I need water. Yeah, I, I told you to go get a glass of water. Go ahead, get it. Two minutes later, Dad, why do you hate me? Why don't you let me have water to drink, Dad? I already did it. I already dealt with this. The water is there for you. Turn on the water and you have it. The water is turned on, folks. The Holy Spirit is here. There is nothing hindering you from receiving from him. There's nothing hindering you from getting everything you want to get out of his presence and then bringing it to somebody else who needs it. Amen? Uh, we're going to end with a song today. We're going to do the benediction by a song instead of by words. But as Paul has talked about before, the benediction is like giving out bread. It's a blessing, right? The name of the song is The Blessing. And there's a real blessing that happens when you do a benediction. There's a real blessing that happens when you pray. For other people, there's a real blessing that happens anytime you go out to get bread. 
And so I'd like us to do this song. And for the first part of the song, I want you to receive from the Lord. Okay, I want you to receive from the Lord that bread for yourself. And then as we carry on and continue the song, I want you to bless the other people here. Okay, so that we're blessing each other and giving out bread, because we're bread delivery people, right, kids? Yeah. yeah. So let's do some of that right now. You can start. This is on your sheet. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you, Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. 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 this morning. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and children and their children and their children may his favor 
be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and inside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 So the blessings of the Lord go with you. Here's some bread. Take it. Take it. Take some of the presence of the Lord. And now I want you, everybody today, here's your homework. Everybody okay with a little homework? Those of you who are watching at home, this is for you too. I'd like you to give out some of the presence of God today to at least one other person. And that can take many forms. It can be encouraging them. It can be telling them you love them. It could be reminding them that God loves them. Maybe God will give you a, a specific word to share with them. And when you prophesy, you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You could say, you know, I'm feeling like maybe God is pretty happy with what you're doing. And he wants to bless you. And he wants you to receive more from him, whatever it is. So let's give out some bread today. Let's give out some of the presence of God. We thank you, Lord, that we have the presence of God for ourselves. But we ask you to help us be better delivery people of your presence and your love because we are the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen.
Amen. So those of you at home, that's your homework. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.